Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. So we're going to continue today. First, before we continue in our series, I want to welcome everybody in the big house. So we're going to go ahead and call this space right here the big house. This isn't the worship center. Worship happens where you are. This is the big house where we gather together uh, to lean into worship, lean into the word. But then we also have what we are going to call the little house. And it is a room and over where Pinewood Kids is. And it is an exact replica. This is just smaller. And so we have some people watching in Little House. Thank you so much for watching. And then our third campus. So we have the big house. We have the little house. And then we have your house. So I'm glad that we're worshiping together at your house today online. Thank you so much for tuning in. No matter where you are, uh, we believe that the Holy Spirit can move and he can speak to you. I mean, I watch sermons all the time that were filmed years ago. And I watch it, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me through the YouTube. And so, I mean, the Holy Spirit can move through technology like he can if you're here in the room with us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. We're continuing our series of Breakthrough. Breakthrough is our word for 2021. We're believing that God is going to bring about breakthrough. But what does that word even mean? What does that word mean for our church? What does that word mean for your life? And I'm excited to talk about the passage that we're going to really, really lean into in 2021 about how God wants to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than we can ask, think, or imagine, and how that might not actually mean what you want it to mean. (laughs) It might not mean what you've maybe always thought that passage is to mean, but that God actually wants to do something supernatural in your life so that he can do something supernatural in our church, supernatural in our city, but it doesn't start with a goal. It doesn't start with a vision. It starts with transformation on the inside, what Jesus wants to do on the inside. And so that's what we're going to be looking at in Ephesians chapter three. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter three. This passage, um, it's a very familiar passage in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to actually be looking at the whole breadth of the text, starting in verse 14 through 21. But verse 20 is a very familiar passage that talks about how God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And how good is that passage for pretty much anything that you ever want to do in your life? Man, God loves me that much that he wants to do immeasurably more. I want to talk about the idea today of beyond all measures. And I want to set the scene by using two different tools today. I want to show you what I'm not talking about and then what we are going to talk about for a few minutes. So can I see the yardstick and a scale? We have a yardstick and a scale. All right, when we read this passage, God wants to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. We're thinking, God's going to give me that raise. God's going to give me that career I've always wanted. He's going to put me on the dean's list. God's going to let me snowboard every day this year. Why? Because God can do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. He's that good of a God. Can I get an amen? So we use this measuring stick to say, you know, are we gonna are we gonna measure up to, to what we want or what we desire? But we we believe that we can because we serve a God who takes us above and beyond all measures, right? We use the measuring stick 
as this idea of measuring everything that's on the outside of our life. So, do you measure up? Whenever we enter any space and we start asking questions, what are we immediately doing? Sizing people up. We're seeing if they measure up. Where do you live? What do you do? Oh, that's good, isn't it? How's everything going for you? And we're measuring people up. What are your hobbies? Oh, you run. Immediately thinking, I wonder if they run, run, or if they run. They probably don't run. I don't run like me. Oh, what do you do for work? Oh, that's good. You're thinking, man, I'm not as successful as I am. Do I want to put them in my search? You're measuring people up. Is, it, is this right? Do, do we do this? Can we admit that we do this in, in all of our spaces? In Little House, we measure people up. And we have a tendency to look on what's on the outside of people, and we do this in the church as well. God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. We're going to have a 1,000 in church this Sunday. Amen? Why? Because he's an immeasurably more God. We're going to see hundreds of baptisms. Why he's an immeasurably more God. And so what we do with this outside scale, if we don't hit it, then we become defeated and frustrated. But then also, whenever we are all constantly using the measuring stick as our means of whether God is doing immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine, then we find ourselves in two different categories a lot of times. We find ourselves uh, competing or comparing. Because if my measuring stick for breakthrough in 2021 is that we become a large church, then I'm competing against the other churches. I'm comparing with the other churches. We just, we want to get bigger, bigger, bigger. And in the business world, that's not such a bad thing. I think comparing and competing is actually, I think it's healthy. I think it's a good thing. You're starting a business. It drives innovation. But in ministry, using that kind of a yardstick is kind of dangerous, is it not? Because we're actually not competing. We're actually not comparing. And it is kind of hard to actually measure ministry with a yardstick because you can be large and ineffective. You could have a lot of baptisms, but you're not really walking with people in discipleship and not really influencing people to be more like Christ. And so we're using this outward measure of a yardstick to say, but we're doing immeasurably more. God's doing, I mean, I mean, God, God's doing immeasurably more. But what we actually find in this passage here in Ephesians is that God's, God's not talking about using a yardstick. I believe that what God's more so talking about is using a scale. Because what he's talking about is not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. And how many of you know when you step on a scale, it, it reveals what's on the inside? <laughs> for better or for worse, it reveals what's on the inside. And the passage we're going to be looking at today, I want, I want you to hear this clearly, especially as we read this passage. I don't want you to miss the message today. The big idea, the big idea is this, and I want you to hear it as we slowly read this text, is that God, not you, God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, three in one, we talked about it today, that he wants to do something in you, in you, so that he can do immeasurably more than you could ask, think, or imagine through you. He wants to do something in you so he can do something through you, not the other way around. Let's read this together. Let's dive into this passage. 
Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father. He takes, you know how we took a posture in prayer? Here we see him taking a posture in prayer of kneeling before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches. I'm going to emphasize some of these words for us today. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory. Can we actually say that together? Anytime we reference God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, can we just say that together as, as emphasis? I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend on the inside what all the saints, what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled, filled on the inside with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask, think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this text. I thank you for the idea of breakthrough and how you're wanting to do something in us, something supernatural through the power of your Holy Spirit and through the death, burial, and resurrection of your Son, Father, so that we can live out a supernatural life to those around us. Father, we do not want to build something that is of our own. We don't want to build something that we can take credit for. Uh, we don't want to build anything that's not of you. So, Father, I pray that we would lean into this text and truly see the work that you want to do in our lives. I pray that our hearts would be open to however you want to convict us, however you want to change us, and however you want to make us more like you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to look in this text at three ways God wants to transform you from the inside out. Clearly taken from the text. In verse six, 16, we see that he wants you to be strengthened with power. He says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the Spirit. I love the New Living Translation. He says, I pray that from his glorious riches, ready for this, unlimited resources, he will empower you with in inner strength through the Spirit. That word power is the word dunamis. And that word power, you want to be strengthened with dunamis. That word dunamis is not dormant power. It's not this silent power that is like a battery that it, if I, if and when I need it, I'm going to tap into that dormant power that's just laying away in my body. No, no, no. This is actually where we get the word dynamite. Miraculous, explosive power. How many of you want dynamic, dynamite power working in you? I think we do. It's not passive. It is limitless. This is the same power through the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the power that lives in you and I, if you have made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Also says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Philippians 
and I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. Anyone trusting in his humanity, his riches will fall, but the righteousness will flourish like foliage, Proverbs 11.28. The house of the righteous has great wealth, but trouble accompanies the income of the wicked, Proverbs 15.6. Let's come back to the text. Verse 16, I pray that he may grant you according to whose riches? His riches. Not your power, not your riches, to be strengthened with your power and your inner being. Riches and righteousness. You see that our God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. I think he has enough riches to lavish on our life. And it says that as in his riches, he wants to make us righteous. He wants to make us powerful. So then the beginning right here, right out of the gate, what do we see God wanting to do? He wants to do a work on the inside and our inner parts, and he wants to strengthen us. I believe a life that can be used by the Holy Spirit is a life that is clean and close before God. We see clearly all throughout scriptures that a life of pride, a lot of arrogance and unconfessed sin blocks the power of the Holy Spirit. We even see from these first few verses that a life isolated from a biblical community of saved and baptized followers of believers also cuts you off from the power of the Holy Spirit. But clean and close. God's calling us to be clean and close in a relationship with Him. Clean. Confession of our sin. Acknowledging that He's God. Righteous before God. And close in prayer close in God's word. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. God wants us to be in walk, in step, clean and close with him so that we can tap into his power. We believe that from Romans 8.9, we believe that if you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit lives within you. You may ask, do I believe in a filling of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I do. I believe that when you said yes to Jesus, I believe that the Holy Spirit filled you. He indwelled you with all of his strength, all of his power. I do not believe that when you got saved, you got 50% of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe it when you got saved, you got 75%. Some of you may think, dang, I feel like sometimes I got 5%. Now, I want to let you know today that when you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit filled your life. We know this from Scripture. When he ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to send you the comfort. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he says, you will receive. What does he say? And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses. If you said yes to Jesus, you have that power and that dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Do I also believe in the filling of the Spirit? Yes, I want to be filled today. I want to be filled this minute. The next minute, I need to be filled with the Spirit every single day. When you are filled with the Spirit, you're filled with the presence of the Spirit. Not just for your benefit, but so that the Spirit could do a work in you and through you. question is, are you controlled and guided by the Spirit? Or are you controlled and are you guided by your flesh? 
culture, by the world. We see Paul even speaks to this in the New Testament. Whenever he's warning the church, he's saying, don't be misguided by false teachers. Don't be misguided that those are going to try to get you to follow after what the world tells you to do. No, no, no. Lean even more into my Holy Spirit. What are you being controlled by? What are you being guided by? Because it's, it's my belief that that's where you're going to tap into your power. You're either going to have the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit when you're controlled and you're guided by the Holy Spirit, or you're going to have your power and your very limited power. As we looked into 2021, I was telling my wife, I said, I feel like the word is breakthrough, uh, breaking barriers. And I said, I just keep leaning into breaking barriers. And I was giving her these 10 reasons why I felt like breaking barriers was the vision for 2021. And I said, we're going to break barriers. We're, the 200, if you're familiar with church planting and all, is a significant barrier in the church planter world. I think it's less than 3%, 2 or 3% of church plants will actually break the 200 barrier. And even less than that will break the 500 barrier. I think it's like point something percent will break the 500 barrier in the church planting world. And I was like, we're breaking barriers. We're becoming self-sustained. We're going to raise a million dollars. I can tell her all these crazy, and I'm like, I'm thinking I'm living in faith. I think I'm like, these have, surely these have to be of God. But I think what I was finding myself doing was, I think I was pulling out the yardstick, and I was saying, well, and I was getting my competitive spirit. I'm an entrepreneur, so I mean, it kind of it's, it's kind of a bent of me to try to just want to be very competitive and, and just to try to just, if, if, if they say we can't do it, we're going to do it better than everybody. Amen. And that's my, that's, that's my spirit. And I find myself you know, doing a lot of things in my own power. And my measuring stick was off. And my wife said, actually, she said, I, I, that's not settling well with my spirit. She said, I feel like God keeps telling me the word is breakthrough. Because breaking barriers is, is something you can do in your power. Breakthrough is something that only God can do. And I was, and I was, the second she said that, I immediately thought of this passage in Ephesians where it talks about how what God wants to do supernaturally in you so we can do something supernatural through you. And I was just thinking, whenever she said that, I thought, what if God doesn't actually want us to worry as much about that in 2021? And what if God wants us to step on the scale and every single one of us take, take a step back to say, God, what are you doing in me? Like, I want your power in me. How am I not being controlled by you, Holy Spirit? How am I blocking your power right now because I'm prideful, because I'm arrogant, because I want to do things my way? See, I don't believe that we are able to transform a city until we truly get righteous before God and we confess our sins to one another and we say, you know, we're not okay, but we're going to lean into the presence of God and we're going to we're going to allow God to change and transform our life. Because here's the difference. To reach that goal, we're convincing people to serve. We're convincing people to give. We're convincing people to share their faith. But, but when we actually take a scale on the weight and we begin God's word and prayer and his Holy Spirit begins transforming our lives, we're actually on the other end, like saying, hey, like, like, are you sure? You're, like, you're giving an awful lot. Are you sure you're going to be okay? Like, hey, you're serving an awful lot. Are you sure? Like, you're trying to hold people back. It's the opposite. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit gets moving in somebody's heart and in somebody's lives, they begin to want to be on mission for God. They want to serve God. They want to give everything that they have towards the mission of God. And that is, that is definitely more a heart, more a prayer. I want something that we cannot count, 
I want multiplication so fast that we cannot count, and I want something built so extravagant and so wonderful that we couldn't possibly take credit for it, and people would just think we're lying. A pastor would always say, our, one, of my, one of the churches that I had the privilege of serving at exploded. It grew by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And everybody would always say, what's your plan? What's your strategy? What did you do? And he said, we have no idea. He said, we're just a bunch of knuckleheads in a room on our knees before God, begging God to keep reaching the city for the gospel. And if you know me, I am a bit of a knucklehead as well. <laughs> Don't have the best strategies, but I believe in the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit. And then we see in verse 17, he says, I want you to be filled by faith, filled through faith. And he says, then that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The New Living says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That word, dwell, that Christ may dwell in your heart is literally the idea of a settling in and making yourself at home. Dwell. Settle in and make yourself at home through faith. And this is where I want to introduce to you, if I can, this dollhouse. All right, so this is not my dollhouse. This is my daughter's dollhouse. And it's a good-looking dollhouse. I'm going to do a little remodel on it here. I'm going to make an addition. Boom, we just added square foot. In Boulder, that would be like an extra million dollars. <laughs> an extra million over here. Big old beautiful house. All right, so we have this house. Everything looks good on the outside. God wants to dwell in your heart. He wants to settle in. He wants to make, make, make himself at home. So this is how many of us live our lives. Everything looks good on the outside. We show up to everything we're supposed to show up to. Um, you know, we give 10% because we're, we're good, you know, good Christians and we do all the things good Christians do. So this is, every, you know, from outside looking in, this is like a great perspective. Everybody thinks we're good. But um, this is not the measuring stick we're measuring by 2021. This is not, we're, we're, let's, put, let's put, put it on the weight. Let's turn around. On this side, what we're going to have is you're going to have all these extra rooms. And some of us are okay with God making his dwelling place in our living room. This is like the one room where we say, like, God can go for sure. That word by faith, which you'll also find in, in other translations, of us, it's actually like we'll let him dwell in our hearts by trusting him. So, okay, so by faith, by trust, we're going to trust God with this room. This is the room in our heart that we're comfortable with. We'll let him into, let's just say, um, for some of you, it could be your job. For some of you, it could be your hobbies. We'll let God into our hobbies. You know, I'm going to be missional with my hobbies. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to let him into that part of my life. I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him reside there and dwell there. We'll dwell there together, just me and God. That's our one, one room where we hang out together. Or maybe it's early mornings. You know, I give God my mornings. You know, that's, that's, your, that's your God time. It's great. But then there's all these other rooms in your house, you know, your bedroom, bathroom, you know, your man cave, woman cave. Do you have one? She shed. 
You have all these other spaces where you're, you're, you're not quite sure you're going to let God into these other spaces. And I just want you to think for just a second about your, your life. What are some of the other spaces of your life that you might not be allowing God into? You've reserved him for a couple of the safe spaces, but what are the unsafe spaces in your heart that you say, God, you can touch everything. Just don't go there. That's mine. I trust you for this. I trust you for my marriage. I'm not 100% sure I trust you with my kids. I just trust you with my friendships, but I'm not sure that I trust you with this person I'm in a relationship with. Or I trust you with my finances, but maybe I don't trust you with my fun. I still, I, I still kind of want to just get drunk. God understands it's kind of my thing. I get drunk. That's how I have fun. Surely God understands that I have at least one room that I don't allow him to dwell in through faith. I trust God with everything but my finances. I, that, my, I just can't, I can't seem to shake that. Like, I, I'll, try, I'll give God my life, just not my wallet. Like, I just can't, I can't go, I, he can't dwell there. And so we talk about this idea of measuring up. And I measure up everywhere else. Everyone else thinks I'm good. Everyone else thinks I'm a great Christian. I got everyone else fooled. But God's saying, no, no, I want, no, step on the measure. Take an inventory. Look on the inside. Step on the scale. I want to dwell in the, the whole house. I want to take over the whole space. I want you to lay down your life and follow me. I want you to carry your cross Are you seeing the picture of what he's trying to say here? I want to dwell in your heart through faith. So, two things that he wants to do in your life. You see it. He wants to strengthen you with power. He wants to fill you with faith. Strengthened by power and filled with faith. read this passage, then I want to go to the last point. It's Proverbs 10, 9. This is a passage that God really began to speak to me a couple months ago. And it, it came to me again as I, was, I looked at this, and it is in Proverbs 10, 9. It says this, the one who lives with integrity lives securely. But whoever perverts his ways will be found out. But, but I look good to everybody else. You'll be found out. Live with integrity, live with transparency, live with honesty. And you can live a secure life. God wants to settle in. He wants to settle down. And he wants to make his home in your heart. Break in always precedes breakthrough. <laughs> I'm very anti-break in. We've had many, I've had our cars broken into, my house broken into. That's not the break in I'm talking about. God wants to break into your life. He wants to break into that one door that you keep closed. Maybe it's an addiction to pornography. Maybe it's an addiction to alcohol. Maybe it is the people you're hanging around. Whatever that may be, God wants to break in so that he can do breakthrough. And there's, there's one more thing that I want to say about the house. He doesn't just want to step in and take a look. You're like, okay, fine. I'll let him go in and take a look. No, he doesn't want to step in and take a look. And then, okay, God, now get out again. No, he wants to step in, take a look, take a seat, sit down, have a conversation with you about it. But, what if, but then I'm going to feel really shameful about that. Guess what? When you 
sit down with God and you begin to show God every corner of the room and you begin to confess your sins and say, God, I'm actually kind of doubting you right now. I'm not 100% sure I believe that you exist. I'm not 100%. I even believe that your word is true. When you sit down, guess what God does? God doesn't shame or guilt you. You believe it. He loves you. He meets you right where you are. And he says, no, let's go on this together. I want you, I want you to take a look at my son. I want you to, let's look in the word. And God begins to guide your life and walk with you on that journey. He changes you from the inside out. Finally, he wants to establish you in love. In verse 17 through 19, he says, I pray that you be being rooted and firmly established in love, rooted and firmly established, may also be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, width, height, and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God, God's everlasting love. He wants to establish you in his everlasting love and in his grace. Romans 8, 31 through 39, he says that if God is for us, who can be against us. He says, who, he who did not spare his own son. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Who shall separate us from the love of God? He wants us to be rooted and firmly established in that love and in that grace. It's called the gospel. He wants us to know it, to sit in it, to saturate in it, to receive it as a gift and ultimately be transformed by it. It says in this passage that he wants his love to be reached to the width, the length, the height, and the depths of our lives. So in other words, the love of God reaches to every corner of your entire life's experience. There is nowhere that you can go where you can hide from God's love. His love is wide. It covers the breadth of our experience and his love reaches to the ends of the earth. His love is long. It extends to the end of our lives and throughout all of eternity. His love is high. It reaches to the height of our celebrations, our elevations, and praises. And his love is deep. It covers the depths of our despair, discouragement, and even death. He wants us to be rooted and firmly established in that level of love. In your relationships, how many of you have that level of love outside of God? Hey, look, I love my wife more than anything else in the world. And I would say, yeah, that's true of me as well. But there's no love like the Father's love. There's no love like the Father's love. And I know that many of you here today, many of you watching this online and in Little House, you want to be seen, you want to be known, and you want to be loved. Those are the heart's desire of every man, woman, and child in the universe is to be seen, to be known, and to be loved. The love of God, he sees you right where you are. He knows everything about you. He knew you before you were even born. He formed you on purpose, for a purpose. And he loves you more than you could ever possibly comprehend. There's nothing that you could do that would separate you from God's love. Yeah, but I've made a lot of bad decisions. You think that your bad decisions can overrule God's unconditional love, his unconditional grace on your life? You think you're that good? You mean that there hasn't been a person in history 
be able to not receive forgiveness from God, but you're that good. You're not that good. God is that good and showing you his unconditional love, favor, and mercy on your life. And he wants to forgive you and love you today. I want to be rooted and firmly established in that kind of a love. Rooted and firmly established. It got me thinking of um, building a house. I've done a lot of construction and renovations. And what is the first thing, before you go to buy a house, especially one that you're going to renovate, what's the first thing that you look at? The foundation. I'm telling you, my wife and I, we purchased a house one time where the only good thing on that house was the foundation. We went in and we tore everything else out and tore it down. But we walked in and we had an engineer come and he said, guess what? He said, that foundation is really solid. You could build a good house on that. So we bought that house. The foundation matters. God wants us to be rooted and firmly established in his love and have that be the foundation that we build everything else on. So what happens when you build a foundation that's three inches deep? Well, you're probably only gonna be able to build a 14 foot tall building. So if that's the impact that you wanna have, that's the reach you wanna have in the city, that's great. But why would we think that we would be able to take the city for the gospel, reach those that have never been reached to the ends of the earth, see the city transformed, but we don't understand the gospel. We're three inches deep in our knowledge of the goodness of God, and we're not, we're not really rooted. We're not really established and have that foundation in our life. It's not going to happen. But family, I'm telling you, if we want to see revival, if we want to see awakening happen in the city, if you look back on revivals and awakenings that happened all around the world, you will see it was not built and it was not done by good strategies, or by brilliant communicators, thank God, uh, or by gifted people. It was through a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit through very average and ordinary people. So do we have any average and ordinary people in the house? Do we believe that we serve a supernatural God? Then I believe that we are primed and ready to lean in to a move of God here in our city. This last part, we're going to go ahead and close um, with a final song. The band going, come on up. We're going to close with a song of response where you can you know, pray and really ask God to, to reveal to you parts of your life where maybe you need to let him in or maybe where you want to be strengthened by his power or filled with faith or established in love. But this, this last part is where I want to, want to conclude for us today. And verses 20 and 21 is actually what's called a doxology. It's actually a spontaneous act of praise. So you're reading this passage and all of a sudden it gets to 20, verse 20 and you're kind of like, what happens here? It's a little different. Well, he's so overwhelmed by everything that he has written up to this point. He, he bursts out in spontaneous song in this doxology and he says, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. In us. There it is again. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. At Pinewood, before we start really any gathering, any meeting, we have a creed. And this creed, it says that Jesus is our message our life. This is his church. To him be the glory in the church in Christ. This is his church built on love 
Let's pass it. Established and rooted in love and full of faith. We're letting, we're letting in, we're letting Jesus into every house at Pinewood Church. We're full of faith. We're letting him dwell in the house at Pinewood Church. We are here to serve and not to be served. We are grateful, expectant, and ready. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is not just a creed. This is not just a thing that we memorize and that we say. It is a constant reminder that if we want to see a move of God in our church and in the city, then it's going to require a move of God in our lives. That this is not about us. It's about what God wants to do in us so that he can do something supernatural through us. Would you stand with me as we uh, pray one more time, talk to God, ask him to reveal in our hearts some of the areas he wants to transform as we sing. God, I, I ask right now that you would meet everybody in the room where they are. If there's people in the room that do not have a personal relationship with you, I pray that they would make the best decision of their lives and that they would say yes to you. Father, I pray for the people in the room that need strength, that they need power, that, Father, that they would be controlled by your spirit, that they would let you do a work in them so that you could do a work through them. God, I pray for those that have been keeping you out of certain spaces in their life. They haven't trusted you. They haven't trusted you with their finances, trusted you with your time. They haven't trusted you in their marriage, trusted you with their kids. Father, that they would let you dwell through faith in every room in their hearts. And Father, I pray that as a church body, we would be established and rooted in love, that we would truly lean into what it means to be forgiven. Truly me, what it means in our lives that you died on a cross for our sins and that through your death, burial, and resurrection, we have life, we have hope, and we have love that we can show and that we can share with others, Father. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for your presence, so grateful for the word breakthrough, Father. We ask that you today break in so that we can break through. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said... Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.